Does your gaslighter have to also be a narcissist in order for you to be experiencing gaslighting? Is it an automatic connection, gaslighting and narcissism, or are there other possibilities? Can people gaslight and not be a narcissist? Is it possible that they may not even be high in narcissistic tendencies? In today's episode, I'm going to unpack my copyrighted gaslighting scale to help answer these oh so important questions. But before I get too into today's episode, I wanted to share with you the massive importance of working with professionals who can help you sort out where on the scale your gaslighter may be. Now, where your person falls on the scale makes a huge difference and how you can safely engage with them, if at all. So in addition to the workshop that I've told you all about, I'd like to take just one minute to let you know about my signature 12-week program, which I created for this very reason, to help people find clarity and confidence as they navigate if they can safely stay in their relationship with the person that is gaslighting them. So again, um, if you want have your therapist already or your coach and they know about gaslighting and help you out, great. If not, and you're in the place in your healing journey where you know that this is what you need, I'd love to invite you to go to my website, sarahmoralescoaching.com and click on the E2 12-week program, read all about it, and I'll have the link in the show notes for you. Okay, so my dear listeners, Most of you have listened to my story, and because of that, you know that I'm a survivor of emotional and psychological abuse, and as such, I would never do anything to minimize the impact that gaslighting behaviors have on people. Impact is not in question when I talk about my scale. Intent, however, is. So hang with me for just a few minutes while I share an analogy with you to illustrate this. Imagine you're in a living room with another person. It can be your gaslighter. If that's too triggery, you know, you could really pick anyone, a stranger, one of your kids, whoever. Okay. So you're in the room with this person and the room is messy. It can be anything. You know, some of my clients, we imagine golf clubs because that's what their person might have. For me, it would be like game controllers and, you know, aux cords and all the different things from all the entertainment stuff my kids do. Whatever it is, imagine that there is a mess that this person left all over the living room. And y'all are talking. And at some point during the conversation, uh, you're about to say goodbye and you get up to give each other a hug. And the other person, as they're moving towards you to give you a hug, trips on the mess that they've left laying around. And because of the tripping that they do, they fall into you. And as they fall into you, you fall backwards and you end up breaking your arm. The end result of that situation is a broken arm. Now imagine with me a different course of events. Now I wanna give a little bit of a trigger warning here for any of my listeners who have experienced physical abuse the situation that I'm about to describe, um, not in any kind of a detail, describes a a minor physical abuse incident. And so I just wanted to give that warning because I like to be really mindful of my listeners and anything that I could potentially say that could be triggering. So different course of events. This time in the living room, um, you know, you've already tripped maybe, or not you've already tripped, they've already tripped and you've already broken your arm once, right? So now the different 
course of events is you're asking this other person to clean up their mess. You're saying, you know, would you please pick up all your, you know, controllers and cords, or would you please pick up all your golf clubs or whatever? Because, you know, when this mess is left around, there's just a really high chance that you could trip again. And there's a potential I could fall again and the potential I could break my arm again. So would you, would you please clean up your mess? I don't, I really don't want to get injured anymore. And instead of working on cleaning up their mess, they tell you to mind your fucking business and push you, right? And when they push you, you fall back and you break your arm. So there are two points to this analogy or this illustration. In both situations, regardless of how the person was engaging you, the result was a broken arm. And how that relates back to gaslighting is you don't have to have the second clearly abusive person in order to experience the pain of a broken arm, right? So you don't have to have the clearly abusive, full-on narcissistic personality disorder person in order for you to experience the pain and the trauma of chronic gaslighting or even non-chronic gaslighting, right? So um, your pain, your trauma is valid regardless of where your gaslighter might fit on my scale, okay? That's point number one. Um, Point number two is that a person doesn't have to be abusive in order for you to be able to ask them to stop doing what they're doing, in order for you to ask them to, quote, clean up their mess, right? Like, to be clear, any reason a person may do a gaslighting behavior is not okay, right? Like, even if it's, quote, just on the messy side of things, it's their responsibility to clean up the messes that keep causing them to fall. Okay. So the main point here is that awareness and intent of the person doing the gaslighting behavior directly informs what kind of boundaries you would want to have with them, right? Like you're going to want to have different boundaries with the person in scenario A, whose messiness and lack of maybe care about taking care of their mess, right? Is different than the person who just pushes because they are upset, right? Different, different set of circumstances you would engage differently with those people. So let's move into the word of the day and keep going so you can see how this continues to play out according to my scale. Okay, so my word of the day today is awareness. Vocabulary.com defines awareness or aware as having or showing knowledge or understanding or realization of something or someone. When it comes to gaslighting for a long, 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 long time, the Charles Boyer character from the movie Gaslight was the epitome of what people thought of when they pictured a gaslighter. This being someone who is fully aware of what they're doing, they're doing the gaslighting behavior on purpose and not just on purpose, but with the intention to break and or control the other person. When I first started studying gaslighting and came across Dr. Robin, Dr. Robin Stern's book, my stomach sank when I realized that I had, at times, been gaslighting my kids. This was the beginning of me challenging this notion that all gaslighters are narcissists. 
I began questioning, can awareness and intention, so intention meaning motive, agenda, can they vary? As I did more studying and worked with more and more clients, I saw that there was a scale that people that do gaslighting behaviors fit onto. So let me illustrate this with a story from my life. In fact, the story that was the main catalyst for me being like, oh shit, I've done this to my kids. So my oldest son, when he was young, was very dramatic when he got hurt. <laughs> um, lots of emotion, this little sensitive soul. Um, and it caused a response in me to where what I did is, is I was like, I got to teach this kid how to manage his emotions. And so I came up with an analogy because I love my analogies, y'all. And I I told him, listen, you are behaving like big old TV fell on your foot, right? Like this is back in the day when flat screen TVs first came out and they were huge and really, really heavy. I'm like, you're acting like that fell on your foot and all you did was step on a little rock, right? So I get I get upset even talking about this because I, I really, now that I have the awareness that I have, I'm like, wow, how could I have done that to my son? Um, but let me unpack that a little bit for you in this story time, right? So how was this gaslighting? How was this analogy that I gave to my son gaslighting? Well, I exaggerated his behaviors, which is a gaslighting tactic. I minimized his pain and his fear around being hurt. Another gaslighting tactic, right? These two things together challenged the validity of his emotions and the way he responded to his emotions, right? His demonstration of his emotions, basically in a nutshell, I told him he was too much. That, that could have been the translation to his little, you know, six or seven year old brain. I don't remember how old he was. So let's shift to my awareness. What awareness did I have that I was doing these things? None, like zero zilch. I had no checks in me at that time. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I might've felt, when we talk about this scale, there's this thing where I feel like, ooh, maybe that didn't feel so good, but I don't really know why. Um, I might've had a little bit of that, I'm thinking in the moment, but really my awareness was none. It took me a while to unpack that what was causing this reaction for me and this analogy creation and all of this kind of things were the shaming beliefs that fueled this that directly connected to me feeling like I was a crappy mom, right? Like it was this belief that if I was a good parent, I would have been paying more attention and I could have prevented my son from getting hurt, right? So those shaming messages um, caused my brain to do this jump, right? And just make up a reason that would allow me to deflect my shame right? Like shame, we don't want to feel shame, right? So I didn't have a fucking clue that I was doing that. I had not a clue that I was, my brain was doing this for me. I just thought I was trying to teach my kid how to <laughs> manage his emotions, all rooted in my shame, right? And because of that, I minimized my child's pain and fear, right? Now, good good news is I figured that out and I was able to repair and amend and reteach him some things, right? So I would like to take this into the deconstruction zone where you'll get a better picture of what my scale is. 
So first, let me say that I go into greater detail and give more examples in my workshop. And you can have free access to that at sarahmoralescoaching.com. I'll have a link in the show notes to make it super easy for you. All right. Um, Now, what I want you to do is picture a scale that goes from zero to 10. And on top, you have the levels of awareness. And on the bottom, you're going to have three categories of intent. Again, intent meaning motive agenda, reason for the behavior that is a gaslighting behavior. And for each thing, I'm going to give examples, okay? So number one, we're going to start with the levels of awareness. So number one, starting at the zero, right, are people that are doing gaslighting behaviors that are unaware. So the example that I just gave you with my kids is one example. Here's another one real quick. So let's say you grew up in a family where anger was not allowed. Anytime you got angry, you either yelled at or punished or had to do some kind of like, you know, I I remember there were things I had to do when I got angry when I was little, not punished, but like stop and count to 10 and then do this and do that. And that's a mild, that's a very mild message of anger not being okay. But for some of us, we were not allowed at all to communicate or even express um, or exhibit that we were angry. Okay. So as a coping or survival mechanism in that family of origin atmosphere, we learn to shove down that feeling of anger. We don't connect with it. It's not safe for us to connect with that feeling. Now, fast forward 20, 30 years, and you're in a partnership, an intimate partnership, and your partner is coming to you and telling you that um, they really don't understand why you're angry about something that's happening and you're not feeling the anger. You have lived in this place for two, three decades minimum, maybe, who knows how long, of not being connected to that anger, right? So you're going to turn around and you're going to say, you're crazy. I'm not feeling angry. Like, what's wrong with you that you think I'm angry? Maybe you have a bad definition of anger. Maybe you're like over angry. Like, it's going to become something where you're defending your point of view because in your reality, in that moment, you believe that you're not angry, right? So again, is this okay? Does this justify gaslighting behaviors? Absolutely not. The person who has these wounds from childhood, it is their sacred self-responsibility to do that work and heal those things so that one, they can be in alignment with their authentic selves and be a whole healed version of themselves, but two, so that they can have healthy relationships. So again, it's not okay. I don't want any of these reasons or examples to come across as justification for gaslighting behaviors. It's absolutely not. It's why I call myself out on the things that caused me to do the unaware gaslighting behaviors. And side note, um, because of that, I have really healthy relationships. Perfect? No. Healthy? Yes. Ability to work through struggles and hold the balance of self-awareness and others' awareness, like, yes, <laughs> right? Um, so coming back to this unaware example, right? People can do gaslighting behaviors as defense or coping mechanisms, okay? And again, not okay. We need to get rid of those unhealthy coping mechanisms and learn healthy coping mechanisms and not gaslight our other people. But is there a huge difference between that and the person who's intentionally trying to break and control another person? Absolutely. Night and day difference. 
again, that messiness can cause a broken arm, right? It can cause hurt. It can cause confusion. It can cause us to lose touch with our, all of those um, impacts are still valid, even if the intent or level of awareness isn't as much as maybe you thought it was, does not negate your pain and your trauma. Okay. Number two on the awareness level is semi-aware. So for me, what semi-aware means, and so this is, you know, you're going up the scale. I would put this at about uh, the somewhere between the four, five, six. Okay. So right in the middle of the scale is semi-aware. And what I mean is people in this place are typically aware of their behavior or aware that something is off, but they're not really thinking past themselves. Okay. They're not truly aware of the impact on the other person. So is this a person who is living from a place that is selfish and self-centered? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Are they out of integrity? 100%. Like, yep, they are not living in alignment with what it means to be an integrous person. Right. Um, But let me give you two examples so you can understand uh, what this might look like. So when I was in high school, um, make a long story short, I, um, <laughs> I had this English teacher that really loved me and, um, I was kind of taking my senior year, like a blow off year. Y'all, I had worked hard for like all my, my high school life and was in all like accelerated and gifted and talented programs and all of these things. And my senior year, I was like, eh, I'm going to take art and I'm going to take lots of PE and I'm going to like all these like really super blow off classes, except the few requirements I, that I had, which one of them was English. And in that class, um, my teacher loved me. Um, and when it came to our winter break, we had had a huge end of the year project due and I didn't do it. I just flat out didn't do it. And um, I was still, even though it was a blow off year, I still wanted to graduate with good grades. I was in the National Honor Society, like up until that point, I had like a almost 4.0 GPA through all my whole school career. Um, so I was really motivated to still get good grades, obviously not motivated enough to do my work, but you know, that's a whole nother thing. Anyways, point is I went to the teacher, fully manipulated him. I knew I was manipulating him and taking advantage of the the fact that he knew I was a good student and he liked me. And I said, hey, Mr. So-and-so, um, I did my work. I did the project, but it's not up to my quality. I would I would like to know if I could have overwinter break to, to redo it and submit it the first day we get back. And he was like, sure, Sarah, no problem. Go for it. And so I did it over the winter break and I turned it in the first day we were back in school and I got an A+. Plus. <laughs> so, so there's that. Right. So that's an example of somebody doing gaslighting behaviors, taking advantage of another person, um, knowing that they're doing it, but really being so focused on their own quote unquote needs um, that they're not really connecting the dots of how it is impacting the other person. So um, a really good way to think about this is kind of the difference between premeditated murder versus self-defense. Now, neither neither one is great, right? Like one is really, really evil and one is like, well, I was just self-defense, right? Both, both, right? When we talk about intent versus impact, both result in the death of somebody, right? But one, one is done with the intention to harm the other person. The other one is reactionary, right? So oftentimes people that are doing semi-aware behaviors, it's more in the reactionary column. Like I'm not, I didn't go in intending in that example to harm my teacher. 
right? Like I was intending and aware to help myself (laughs) and I was willing to do some shady shit to help myself out, right? So this, by the way, is where for those of you that are listening to my podcast, have an intimate partner that either has an addiction or um, has had an illicit affair, they usually fit in this um, this area on my scale, right? They're aware that they're lying. They are aware that they are um, being manipulative and being secretive and all of these things. They're typically in a place where they just don't see past themselves. And again, not minimizing. This is assholey behavior. It is hurtful behavior. But it's, again, we're trying to draw that contrast from the person that is the fully aware person who is that Charles Boyer character who has full awareness of how destructive to the other person their behaviors are because that's the whole point. They want to destroy the other person. It's a very different motive, a very different intention. Um, And again, what the difference is for us is not that we're not getting hurt. The difference is I am going to want to have different types of interactions and boundaries with the person based on where they are on this scale. Okay, so those are the levels of awareness. Now I'm going to skip down to the bottom of the scale and talk about the kind of three categories that I've lumped kind of all the different motives and our attentions, agendas into um, for their gaslighting behavior. Okay, so there are a number of them. Again, I unpack them in my workshop a little bit more in detail, but here I'm just going to kind of go over the three basic groupings of motives. The first one I call to meet a need and need is in like quotes y'all, because it is never the deep, true, authentic need of the person. It is, oh, I say never. It's almost always the presenting need. So what I mean by that is if you go again and think about that example with my son, um, my, my need if you will, was the ability to cope with shame, right? My my brain came up with a deflection, aka a coping mechanism so that I didn't have to feel my shame, right? That, that was my quote unquote need. But that wasn't my true need, right? My true need was to deal with the shame messages so that I could be free and know, you know what? Kids are going to hurt themselves. It doesn't mean I'm a shitty mom. I'm actually a really good mom, right? I can't be everywhere all the time and protect my kid from pain. In fact, that's not even the point. My point is to help my son learn how to navigate. If I had dealt with all of these shaming messages, I wouldn't have had a need to do any gaslighting behavior, right? So um, again, this is the mess, right? It's not an excuse. And people who gaslight as a coping mechanism to shame or fear need to work on their shiz so they don't gaslight. All right. Um, But this is where one category. Okay. And again, more examples in my workshop. The second category is what I call to protect. Right. And again, it's in quotes because this is not the altruistic, like I'm trying to protect this vulnerable person and I'm going to take a bullet for them. And like all of those kinds of things that are beautiful um, examples of protection. No, this is the I'm going to protect numero uno, meaning me. Right. Um, Now, this can be. the relationship, right? So again, those of us who may be involved with somebody or were involved with somebody who did gaslighting behaviors to protect um, their addiction or to protect their secrets, right? Or they might've lied because 
you know, there's this weird dichotomy where people that have an addiction, they need their addiction. They still love their person, even if they're not loving them well, they don't want to lose that relationship. So that's quote unquote, protecting the relationship. Okay. Um, the people do this to protect jobs, to protect friendships. In my example, it was, um, the one with my grades and that teacher, it was to protect my GPA. Right. Like, so people can do gaslighting behaviors again, assholey, out of alignment, um, not great <laughs> behaviors, not great motives in order to gaslight. Again, there's a distinction and a difference between the different motives. Okay. Um, and let's now go into the last kind of grouping, which I call the, the reason or the motive of agenda to control. Okay. So controlling in and of itself has varying levels and kinds of control. So people might gaslight to control the narrative. Okay. This is a way that we can think of this with like politics or religion or different, you know, examples where you see people trying to control the story, right? They're trying to control how people see things, um, you know, maybe how they see the facts, maybe how they, you know, how for a lot of people, it might be how people see me, right? So a very ego-centered type of control. Again, it's not necessarily about controlling the other person, but it's about controlling the information that surrounds situations. So that's the two other types or two more types, I should say, controlling information, controlling situations, right? And then we move into the most kind of heinous type of control, right? Which is um, the person that is motivated to control the beliefs, thoughts, feelings, perspectives of the other person, right? Like this is that Charles Boyer character. I want to control like outright control this other person and kind of mold them into the person that I want them to be, right? Engage with me the way that I want them to engage with me. Um, all of the different ways that you can think about controlling a different person, that's where this motive and agenda is. It is on the scale, right? But again, it's not the entirety of this scale. Okay, so let's see how we can turn this into some tools as we set our alarm. So how can you use this information as a tool? Number one, I would love it if you gave yourself permission to have boundaries with your gaslighter or gaslighters, whether you have the messy gaslighter or the full-on abusive gaslighter, you get to ask for what you need in order to be safe. Okay, you don't have to only be, well, let me let me say this, rephrase this. You don't only get to ask for boundaries if you're with the abuser, right? You get to ask for boundaries even if you're just with the messy person because in both instances, you end up with a broken arm, right? Now, again, if you're with the more abusive kind, then we need to talk about emergency action and different things, a different level of the the kind of boundaries you might have. All right. I always encourage people, especially if you're with an abusive person, seek out help from a domestic abuse center in your local town. Okay. Number two, get curious about any and all of the gaslighters in your life. Where might they fit on this scale? What level of awareness might they have? What might be their reason or motive or intention behind their behavior? Getting clear on these things directly impacts whether or not it's safe for you to stay in the relationship and see if the other person can change. Once again, 
and probably for the last time, <laughs> I have more information around this in both my free workshop and for deeper work in my 12-week program. Okay, number three, the third thing you can do to use this as a tool. If you're ready, now don't worry if you're not, if you're not here, if you're not in the place where you can do this part, don't worry. You can come back to this at any point in time in your life and in your healing journey. But if you're ready, consider how and or where you might fit on this scale. Most often, almost always, I should say, <laughs> um, we will fit on this scale if no other place as a gaslighting ourselves. Okay, so sometimes we unknowingly gaslight ourselves. Why, why might we do that? So we already know where the are where we are in the unaware level, but but why? Why what might be the motive that we gaslight ourselves? Now, if we're brave enough and ready in our journey, we can ask, are is there anywhere that I may have unknowingly been trying to define for other people, like my kids, what they should believe or what they should think? And I, I just didn't even know it because I thought I was just being helpful and it was really a shame response or whatever it might be. That is actually the third way that we can use that tool. And I can tell you from personal experience, me putting myself on that scale and getting curious about myself without shaming myself has helped me show up in the most healthy ways in my own personal relationships. So for all three of these, I really strongly recommend getting professional help if needed, which is most of us, to be honest, TBH, right? So again, whether that's with me and any of the different things that I do, whether that's the therapist you already have or another life coach, I really think that people who are dedicating their lives to learning and understanding this stuff and working with this stuff will help you move through this stuff so much easier, so much more confidently, and so much quicker. So that's it for setting your alarm. Here's where I remind you that if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please contact me at sarahmoralescoaching.com in the tab contact. Again, I will have that link in the show notes for you. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to today's episode. I hope learning about the gaslighting scale has generated some helpful aha moments for you today. If you found it helpful, please leave a review and subscribe. And if you think others would benefit from it, please share it. And remember, it's not about becoming who you want to be. It's about awakening all that you already are. And again, once again today, I leave you with the anthem of this podcast, not today. We got stars in